The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. Welcome to the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Paloma. Each episode, I go track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and b-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon today talking with Tanya King, who has a Kickstarter for a project called I Am Mine Pearl Jam Fan Portraits. It's a book of photography, and I I, I should just let my guest explain it because, well, she's the heart and soul of it. So uh, uh, Tanya, well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, that's uh, I, I I saw you were out there, and I was kind of like, ah, you know what? I sh- I should talk to this person. I shouldn't be a introverted hermit, and I can reach out and try to talk to people, even if it's not about a Pearl Jam song. I guess. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm glad you decided to. Oh well, good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you accepted. Uh, <laughs> Uh, before we start though, uh, I, I don't know if you've listened to much of my podcast, but I always have to start when I have somebody on for the first time, I need to ask you a question. Tanya, when did you first hear of Pearl Jam? So I first heard of Pearl Jam when I was in probably like fourth or fifth grade, I think fifth grade. So I have, um, a twin brother and he was already like into music. I hadn't really gotten into music yet. And so we were probably like nine, I would say. And he, um, and I don't know how he, I actually never asked him how he got into Pearl Jam or where he heard it, but I think it was just a friend in school. And so he bought the CD and brought it home. And I remember him, um, you know, playing it. And that's when I first heard it. And then I didn't really think too much about it. It was just kind of like, okay, there's this band that my brother's into. And then fast forward a few years, um, well, it's just a couple years. Um, we had um, moved overseas to Singapore. My dad got transferred there with his job. And then in 1995, Pearl Jam was doing their world tour and they were in Asia. And so they had a show in Singapore. And so my older sister and my brother really wanted to go see them. And so, of course, I tagged along. And that was my first time seeing them. And when I really like got exposed to them and like heard more of the songs than just what was on was on 10. And that's where it started from. <laughs> So you're kind of dragged along to that concert then or? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I guess you could say it like that. Yeah. My brother and sister were like, yeah, we want to go see Pearl Jam. And I was just like, sure, I'll go along. It wasn't like I didn't already, like I wasn't already a fan. Like I knew who they were, but I wasn't already like into their music yet or anything. Mm-hmm. So the first time I saw them, it was just kind of like just to go, <laughs> which is, and I was only 12 years old. So. <laughs> Do you get along with your siblings or were your parents kind of like, you have to take her and they're like, oh man. No, we, we got, we got, uh, we got along great and we still do. Yeah. And so I've been to a few other shows with my brother and um, my sister and I have actually taken several Pearl Jam trips together over the years. I think 
she's seen him a bunch more times than she probably would have because of me because she likes to go on the trips and you know because when we go to a city to see the band like explore too and everything so she's actually going to be going with me on our trip next weekend to st louis awesome Growing up, did you feel, since you're a twin, like kind of closer then to your brother or were you kind of closer with your older sister since, you know, uh, she's like more of a, I guess, role model since, you know, we're both women and you can kind of be like, oh, yeah, I want to be like her. Or was it just kind of like, ah, we're always stuck together because, you know, he's my twin. So we got to kind of always hang out or whatever. So actually, I was really close with my brother growing up. And it wasn't until my sister went to college when um, we became close. Like I realized, cause when she was still living at home before she went off to college, we used to like get in fights all the time. And then when mm-hmm. she went off to college, I realized I missed her. And then uh, we became really close after that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm close. So today I'm close with both of them, but growing up, I was definitely closer with my brother. Yeah. That tr- there is a, there is that they have that saying, you know, the twin bond. And I guess it is true. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, Oh, well I would think that, you know, usually with somebody who's kind of younger and if like an older sibling was like listening to Pearl Jam or something like that, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, that's kind of a story I hear with people. Yeah. It's just no, they, they, you know, they're older, they're cooler, they have more experience and I'm just a kid. So I don't know. And they're like, Hey, you know, let me here, go ahead and listen to this. You know, I'll let you know what's up so you can uh, be cool with all your little friends. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting thing you bring up. Cause um, I hear a lot of, from a lot of my friends, you know, they, we talk about how we got into music. A lot of them say it was like it was from an older sibling or from their parents. They would mm-hmm. say like, oh, yeah, like growing up in my household, like my parents listened to the Beatles or whatever um, rock bands and things like that. But I didn't have that because my parents are originally from India. So they moved from India to the States. And so I wasn't exposed to music I'm really into today. I didn't get into through my parents. They listened to some of their Indian music, which I liked as well, but it wasn't what I became as passionate about. And so I guess I was first introduced to like Pearl Jam from my brother. And then my sister was into music too. So I do remember like hearing about a few bands from her, like Garbage and, mm-hmm. you know, Ani DeFranco and like Real Big Fish. Like we all had like very diverse taste in music. But what I, how I really got into music into like other bands was actually because of Pearl Jam. So like I fell in love with Pearl Jam and then I started researching like digging up like well who influenced them and mm-hmm. that's how I actually learned about Neil Young and about Pete Townsend and the Who. So there I always say that Pearl Jam actually kind of helped me get my music education because I just kind of like spiraled from there and then I learned about all these other bands which I didn't know about and so it was because of Pearl Jam would kind of introduced me to them I guess. Yeah, one of the cool things about Pearl Jam is they're a sort of uh a jumping off point just because they have uh, like a history, they have like an origin story like a superhero or something where it's kind of like okay, uh in this album we teamed up with this guy and oh, you know, in our origins there's Green River and all this sort of stuff and everything like branches off like a spider web and it's it's mm-hmm. just very sort of there's a lot of places where you can follow the the vein of gold to all these different bands and all these different sort of experiences Mm -hmm. just from this one band it's not like a singular entity it's part of an organism yeah exactly i totally agree with that uh anyway uh we're here talking about your book we uh the the kickstarter is wrapping up and so if if you would like to get your own copy of it or uh at least help out with the cause of of getting another Pearl Jam fan to live their creative dreams. Uh, There is uh, 
like i said the kickstarter uh probably the easiest place to get it is pearljamfanportraits.com yeah that's my main website and so everything's linked from there you can right on the main page you'll see the link for the kickstarter okay let's let's start from the beginning here you're living your life you get into pearl jam yada 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 you're like hey i like to take pictures right or uh was was there a sort of uh uh, an origin story of, of how you got into photography? Was that something you did while you were young throughout school and everything like that too? Or do, were you just like, I need a, a hobby to get me out of the house? <laughs> so yeah, I, kind of, I got into photography not until I was probably like towards the end of high school. I'd started um, really just taking the camera around with me and taking pictures, but it was just a point and shoot. And then when I was in college, I actually discovered my dad's old analog film camera. And I was like, you know what, I want to pick this up and learn how to, um, you know, actually do everything manually and learn how to develop film in the darkroom and make prints. And so I signed up for introduction to black and white photography class in college and learned how to use the camera and, you know, do everything in the darkroom. And that's where I, like my passion started. I just like fell in love with it. And, and then just from there, it just kind of spiraled. So that was, you know, when I was you know, like 19 or 20. And so I was always into photography and then music always being my other big passion too. And when I came up with fan portraits, I was kind of at a crossroads in my life. Like I thought I knew what I was going to be doing with my life. Like, I guess we all think we know what we're going to do. And Mm -hmm. then my plans failed. I had moved out West. I was living in Seattle. And uh, as much as I loved Seattle for other reasons, things didn't work out. So I had to move back East and I just didn't know what I was going to do. And I was just miss being creative. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, just kind of just thinking about what can I do, how to like continue my creativity and the passion I have between music and photography. And so this was, you know, summer of 2012. And I had tickets to see Pearl Jam at the Made in America Festival in Philly, which was uh, September 2nd, 2012. So I knew that show was coming up. And I wasn't like, specifically like you know like set out to like okay I have to find some idea like I have to do something at that show it was just kind of like there like I was just like casually thinking about it and I honestly like just one day I was just taking a walk and the idea popped into my head I was like what can I do to capture us Pearl Jam fans so I was really thinking about how I'd seen been seeing Pearl Jam for years you know since I was 12 and how I've met so many incredible people along the way and I've met so many fans where we all feel the same connection. Like we all feel this connection to Pearl Jam. We mm-hmm. all, you know, it means the music means so much to us. It's impacted our lives so much. And I wanted to do something to capture that connection between the music and the fans. And so I was like, if I just take a picture of a fan, how, what's going to distinguish them as a Pearl Jam fan. And I know like a lot of people connect with specific lyrics. So I just, the idea just popped in my head. Why don't I just have them, you know, on a sheet of paper, write down the lyrics that either their favorite lyrics or most meaningful to them. And, and I'm going to capture that. And that's how it started. And I did it that that was the first day I did it at that festival, that concert. And I really hadn't, I started posting a little bit about it on Facebook and here and there. And I didn't know if anybody would be interested. And I just showed up with like my, you know, Sharpies and my um, clipboard and paper. And my friend was helping me out. And um, I think I took a hundred fan portraits that day, which just oh, wow. blew my mind. Yeah, it just blew my mind. So some, a few people knew about it ahead of time because I posted on Facebook, but a lot of people, just people who were there that day, I just would go up, you know, I just would ask them, hey, do you want to do this? And they were like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. So you didn't really have like a, an overarching idea for it. You were just kind of like, ah, I'm just going to do this. And like, you didn't like have like, oh, I'm going to make a blog for this or 
I think. Uh, no, I, I had. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> that's okay. I was like, I don't think I don't know if Instagram was around back then or whatever, or like social I, media. Have, <laughs> Instagram. I think I just joined Instagram. Like, I think it was just becoming a thing. But um, yeah, I didn't like. I never expected it to turn into what it did. I wasn't like set. I didn't um, start it initially because I was trying to create like this big project or turn into this big thing. Like, I'm so glad it did turn into that. But it wasn't. It was just this like idea that just came from my heart that I just really wanted to do something to capture our fan base because it was just a you know, music, Pearl James music is it changed my life. I I say it saved my life. And I feel like a lot of other fans feel that way. Well, I know a lot of other fans feel that way. And I just Mm -hmm. wanted to do something to capture that. That's really all where it started from. And then it just turned into, it just spiraled. And by 2014, so two tours later, you know, people were seeking me out and asking me like, which shows are you going to be at? I want to get my picture taken. And then by 2000, and I would just have lines of people. Like I would have to shut it down. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got, cause I would do it during the day before the show. And then I would have to like, you know, run back to where I was, the hotel room where I was staying, drop off my camera and stuff, and then get back to the concert because I still wanted to go to the show that night too. And it was just, it was, it was amazing the response I got, but it was, it was a lot. It was really um, intense. And it was, it, cause not, it's not that I was just, you know, standing there taking pictures all day. I mean, that was uh, most of it, but you know, I wanted to talk to the fans and they would share their stories with me. Like they would tell me why they picked this lyric. It was because you know, it could be, it was something that was very uplifting and, you know, happy, like maybe they had just gotten married and, or something like that, or they had a child, or it was something very like emotionally taxing where they survived cancer or they lost somebody close to them. And um, so just a lot of heavy stuff, but it was just such a beautiful thing. It was really inspiring, which kept me going. Mm-hmm. And then in 2016, I started to actually, um, like, I tried to do like appointments, like just kind of like time slots, like, okay, I have this block sign up in advance because I knew I could only accommodate so many people. So, and I, and I'm even today, like I'm getting messages from people like, which shows are you going to be at? <laughs> I want to still get a fan portrait. So are we doing like kind of for the, the people who wanted to have them as well? Just sort of like, oh, here, let me take a picture of you so that this is like something that you can have. Or was it also just sort of like something to connect you to the community and also to, to, to connect everybody to, to, to everybody else. That's a really good question. Um, I don't, I think, I mean, I kind of think it's all the above. Cause I think, you know, it was initially I wanted to do something just to like document and capture our fan base. And mm-hmm. then when I, you know, I realized how important it was to the fans, like how important they were finding it. Like I wanted it to be for them too. So then I would like sell like prints so people could get a copy of their photo and people couldn't wait to do that. And then for the community too. So I think like when you look through the book, like even if your portrait's not in the book, it it's capturing our community and our fan base and just seeing like the faces of the Pearl Jam fans and reading their stories. So I think it was a lot about the community too. So you're, you're actually going to all these shows that uh, you're taking the pictures at, or are you just kind of going to the same place and just kind of like, okay, I don't have tickets, but I'll, I'll go ahead and take pictures or you're not going to waste the time doing that. You're going to, you're going to go to the show if you're going to. Yeah. I mean, if there was like a show that was really hard to get into, or I couldn't find a ticket to like tonight's show at the, at the Apollo um, theater, mm-hmm. I'm like, I would still go. Cause I know there'd people be out there and I could document the fans. Like I would still do that. But I've, besides from tonight's show, I've never not been able to get a ticket for a Pearl Jam show that I wanted to go to. So if, 
But like, I I will say because of this project, I definitely went to more shows than I would have if I wasn't doing, if I hadn't started doing this project, like in 2014 and 2016, I did almost the whole tour. Mm -hmm. I, I, if I wasn't doing this, I definitely would not have done that. I I definitely um, wanted to try to get to more cities around the country and capture more fans from different places. And of course, while I'm there, I'm going to go to the show too. But that was, that was a big reason for why I did more shows. Is there a particular reason why you chose I Am Mine to be the title? Is there something in that song that sort of uh, made it obvious that it was going to be the centerpiece for this project? Uh, or was it uh, just sort of like, ah, eh, throwing a dart at a uh, dartboard or something? <laughs> so... It kind of just all came together. We, I was working, I worked with a graphic designer to kind of help me with the cover of the book. And um, we tossed around a bunch of ideas and were, was trying to figure out what to do with it. And so if you go on the Kickstarters or on my website too, or, um, or to the Kickstarter, you'll see um, a photo of what the book looks like. And the it's one person's fan portrait that's the cover of the book. And she just did the lyrics, just I am mine. She didn't do any other lyrics from that song. It was just I am mine. And that photo kept jumping back out at me for some reason. And then as I was working on the book, one of the things um, that really became prevalent was that I noticed which songs, there were some songs that are way more popular. So there's a lot of, there's some songs that a lot of fans did their um, fan portrait from. So there's like, you know, some obvious ones like Given to Fly or I don't, like Present Tense. Or- yeah, things like that. And then one thing that I noticed was a lot of people did I Am Mine like the in between is mine. I am mine. It, um, a lot of people like that song, but I, I didn't realize how much people connected with that song. Um, mm-hmm. And that really surprised me. And I think, so I went back and like listened to the song again and looked at the lyrics and looked at those portraits of people who chose that. And I think it's captures the feeling of just living for today and being present. And I think, and I just felt like that fit for the book. Cause I think the book is about, it's capturing a faint, like a person in that window of time. So I don't know. I just thought it all kind of came together and fit. So there's not a lot of uh, lyrics from Olympic platinum or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and so it's, um, cause I've talked to people about this. And so like, as I was doing the fan portraits, like some people didn't, they knew like what their song was like, they're okay. This is my favorite song. I don't care if so many other people have done lyrics from that song. I'm, I'm going to do that song for my fan portrait. But then I had a lot of other people who were really trying to find lyrics that nobody else would do. Not a lot of people. Like I guess there was some people who wanted to like be as unique as possible and pick mm. a song that nobody else had. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting, but yeah, so obviously I don't know if you have a guess for what's probably the least, the album with the least um, amount of fan portraits like the one that people probably didn't choose as many songs from i i think that people should get the book so that they can find out for themselves you right oh out. yeah well, you, you can you yeah. can tell me once uh once we uh stop recording so uh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's that is that's one of the things that's interesting about this to me is I, i'm kind of a stats person so <laughs> i like numbers and i like you know, I think that's fun with Pearl Jam because, you know, mm-hmm. we all like, keep track of like which songs we've seen or haven't seen. And some people go like how many times they've seen what songs. And so in the book, you can kind of get a little bit of that because you see like which ones are more popular and which songs, um, you know, weren't chosen as frequently. So so it's, it's in, so there's it's multi-layered with the book, I guess, is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, of uh, reread value. Yes. Yeah. Um, was there, were there people whose handwriting was just too bad that, uh, you're like, Oh, come on. <laughs> like, we can't read that. 
Yeah. So there was definitely a, <laughs> a lot, there was definitely a lot of learning with this. So like after like the first few times we did it, like my friend and I, who my friend who helped me through most of the time I was doing fan portraits, we had to like tell people, okay, you need to write bigger. Like some people would just like write at the top of the sheet of paper. And so mm-hmm. I was like, you need to take up the whole sheet of paper and write, you know, stronger, like, mar- you know, use the marker, like more, put more ink on the paper, basically, like not so fine lined um, and things like that. And I, I think people like don't think about that because as a photographer, you, you know, you take the picture and I can see like, hey, it's not showing up. It's not going to look good. So yeah. And then there were some people, you know, their handwriting was like, I would have, a, I actually had a lot of people who would say to me, um, can I have somebody else write my, the lyrics for me? Cause my handwriting is awful. And I was like, no, like your handwriting reflects a person. <laughs> and I was like, it should mm-hmm. be in your handwriting. Like it doesn't, you know, I was like, don't worry about that. Don't be self-conscious about that. Cause I think it looks awkward. Like you, and I have a few of them in the book, like you can, it, they had like their um, significant other write it for them. And sometimes you can just kind of tell it doesn't add up. Like you can kind of see like, Hey, that wasn't their handwriting. Yeah. So I always encouraged people to write it themselves. And I was like, I have lots of papers. So if you mess up, you can <laughs> write again. I'll recycle it. I was going to say, so like, I, I could, always... I could uh, see myself like starting and then like, oh no, I got to start writing smaller as I get towards the end of the page. Cause it's not all going to fit. Yeah. It's like, oh no. I mean, I've done some of my own fan portraits and even when I write it, I, I have to do that. That's just natural. And then I do have, I did have a number of fans who once they heard about my project and knew they wanted to do it, they actually would make their signs ahead of time at home. And I thought that was really cool. Since Pearl Jam has such a, I don't know, I, yeah, I guess a connection with photography, or at least uh, like I, I'm thinking of like No Code and Ed with his uh, with his Polaroid and everything like that. Did you have a Polaroid phase at all, or were you just all like, I got to use a real camera because I can't focus? Or... <laughs> I actually did have a um, a Polaroid phase, but it was not until maybe just four or five years ago. Um, somebody I worked with. Um, his mother passed away and she, they were going through the basement of all her stuff and she had all these old Polaroid cameras and he just gave them to me. And so some of them didn't work and some worked or half worked. And I kind of got a couple of them working and going and bought Polaroid film. And, um, and it was a lot of fun actually. Cause I remember as a kid, my parents had a Polaroid camera and I know there was like pictures of us and I always thought they were fun. So yeah, I think that's cool. And I mean, I, I really like Mike McCready's, you know, his Polaroid book that he put out a couple of years back. Have you gone through and made sure your parents, uh, they're all their old photos and everything are scanned and everything so they don't lose anything or like photo books and stuff? Yeah, my sister and I started that project and we got a lot of them scanned in, um, but we still need to finish scanning the rest <laughs> of them. So yeah, I, I like, I'm one of those people I have like my photos backed up in multiple places and external hard drives and yeah, cloud yeah. space. <laughs> So you're shooting everything on uh, on digital then? You don't have to uh, wait to see if something turns out as you're uh, developing it? So for the whole time I've done fan portraits, I've done it all with my digital camera. And that's been really helpful because you can see right away. But the last few years I started using, just like when I'm doing my own photography, just like more of my stuff for like as a hobby on the side, I um, pulled out my film camera and have been using it again. And I really missed it. And so I, I was thinking about maybe trying to do some fan portraits probably won't be able to do it this tour because I'm only going to a couple of shows this tour, but like get a future tour doing that again would be fun. And I actually, um, so one of my other favorite bands is my morning jacket. And I actually took their guitar players fan portrait Mm -hmm. and he's into Polaroids too. And he was really gracious and let me take his fan portrait three times. So I took it with my digital camera, my Polaroid, and he was the first one I did with a film camera. And it turned out 
awesome. And I'm like, and that was kind of inspired me to like, I should, I should do that more. <laughs> Take the fan portraits with film. So in, in your book, you have one of uh, Mike McCready then as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. That's very exciting. And so did he hear about this or did he like see like a line and was like, what the heck is doing? What, what, what's all that about? Like, how did that uh, come up where, That's... you know, you were able to to do this? So I'm not, I knew, I know that he knew about it, but I'm not sure like how exactly he first heard about it. Um, Just maybe from like fans talking about it. And then it, the, then the word spreads to the band. Cause I'm, I know they all, you know, must at least their management, everybody must know about it. But um, how I, how the, it all came to be is I went to, um, for those who don't know, he does the, um, I'm sure you know about it, the flight to Mars benefit shows he used to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I went to it in 2015 and then I went to it again in 2017. And um, in 2017, I had a friend um, who was able to get me a photo pass for it. So I also took photos of the concert. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so I, and I became, um, kind of got to know one of his the other guys in the band that he plays with the for that show and um he um thought what I thought the fan portraits idea was really cool and then I also became friends with um another photographer who always shoots the you know lives in Seattle and always does and he's a Pearl Jam fan and but always does the photography for those flight to Mars shows and um so between them two they were just really kind of nice and willing to help me out and we're able to get Mike McCready for like, so we got, we got to go in early, you know, of course, before the, the concert started and for the benefit, if you like pay extra, they have like a VIP thing where you can go in and hang out inside before they let everybody else in. So everybody was just kind of like chilling and drinking and hanging out. And so, um, there was just an opportunity where Mike came out and they kind of brought me over and, you know, I asked him if I, so he had like a heads up about it. So I don't know if it's like the other bandmate that told him or the other photographer, I asked him if I could take his fan portrait and he said, yeah. And so, um, it all just happened right there. <laughs> so, cool. um, he was very nice about it and it, um, just really turned out really awesome. So Did, were, were you uh super nervous or? Yes. <laughs> I was very nervous. Yeah. I mean, I've met Mike a few times before that, but this is just a totally different context. I don't think I've photographed anybody else's. I mean, I photographed some people from other bands and stuff, but nobody is as famous or as big as him. So it was mm-hmm. a really big deal. And, yeah, it was it was really awesome. But yeah, definitely nervous. Did you kind of like did it feel like sort of like a daze like oh my gosh, like this was so cool, like I can't remember anything about what happened, like my brain just went on autopilot or were you like oh, I'm breaking all this down and I can remember every single little moment of everything? Um I think it was more of somewhere in between. Like I definitely remember like it all happening and oh, okay. you know, I, I remember like going through the motions, but it's definitely kind of a daze because I can't remember like what he said to me or like the specific specifics of what he actually said to me. <laughs> that part I, I wish I remembered, but I don't remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just ecstatic that it happened and that the photo turned out good. <laughs> That's what I was most yeah, nervous yeah. about. <laughs> Well, then if it didn't, it's like, oh, I got to have it. I got to get back to him so uh, we can take another one. This one didn't turn out. Yeah. Uh, So this is the last week then uh, for your Kickstarter. It wraps up on October 1st. Uh, Let everybody know everything they need to know about this and why they can't live without this. I mean, just hearing about this. I don't know how you could hear about this and not be like, oh, I got to I got I got to get this. but there's anybody out there who has a pretty hard head, I guess. I don't know. It's like, come on, you got to do this. You got to get this. This is like super cool. And it's, and it's not like, 
I don't know, like another photo book or something like that, like the uh, place date or something like that, or something like that, that the band put out where it's kind of, you know, is this is something that's like about the fans by the fans, just because this is something that really just inspires all of us. I mean, if you're listening to a Pearl Jam podcast, I mean, this, there's a whole bunch of things that like this band has impacted people's lives and everybody who's in the book the the band has impacted their lives so i mean it's all a big huge community and a connection and i mean only good things can come out of being connected with with other people and knowing that we're all the same and we have everything we have all this stuff in common and stuff tell me some more stuff about the book or or like i said this is this is this is the last week so everybody's gotta 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 get in on it um i love what you said about like by the fans and for the fans. Cause that's what I say too. It's this is by the fan and for the fans. And I think that's, what's different about this project. It's not, of course it's about Pearl Jam, but there's so many other books or things out there that are all about the band, but this is about the fans. And we all know that even and P- Pearl Jam says this at their shows that they wouldn't be there without us, without us as the fans. So I think that's why this is so important and why I wanted to capture our fan base. But as you said, the Kickstarter does end October 1st. I'm thrilled for um, how well it's doing so far. And I just wanted to mention that any, you know, the extra funding that I do receive on the Kickstarter is going to go towards helping um, me to get more books printed. Uh, the cost of printing books has gone up so much. And so um, I'm looking forward to, um, for those who pledge on the Kickstarter, we'll get a first edition copy of the book. And then the extra funds will go towards printing more books so I can have it more, you know, more widely available. And uh, um, please do um, look at the Kickstarter because there's different reward levels. So if you already did um, have a fan portrait taken in the past, you can get a print of that or get a digital photo of it as a reward level. And I'm also offering a print of Mike McCready's fan portrait. If you're interested in that, you can get that with the book too. And I also do have a lot of shipping options um, for getting the book to different countries. So for international shipping. And if you don't see your country on there, please message me and I can add that because I have gotten those questions. But I'm really thrilled to um, that this is finally happening. Um, it's been 10 years in the making. I first started Fan Portraits 10 years ago um, this month of September. And um, I think that's really it. I really thank you for having me on this podcast. And I really appreciate all the support. Oh, no. Yeah, it's it's totally awesome. Like It's, it's awesome that you have decided that you are going to do something creative that you really want and that you have followed it through and that it's going to be out in the world for for other people because that's that's a real vulnerable thing to do and you know it's 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 awesome when people get to do it yep exactly i couldn't agree more (laughs) more of that so uh um the sequel book is going to be uh about international uh fans right you're gonna start traveling to different countries uh is that uh <laughs> yeah that's it's i mean it's a great question um point you bring up i've always um wanted to do fan portraits i did i mean obviously canada i've done fan portraits there and then i've i, I have gone to mexico when they played in mexico city in 2015 um but that's the extent of international and i would love to make it over to europe and do some europe shows and I know a lot of Europeans do come over to the States for shows, but it'd be nothing like going over there and actually capturing the fans there. So maybe at a future tour, I'd be able to do that in other countries too. So we'll see where it takes me. I'm just making sure we get that on the record for, uh, you know, your accountants <laughs> and stuff or uh, you writing this stuff on off on your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Uh, Tanya, again, thanks. Thanks for coming on. It's been real good talking with you. All right. Thank you. 
The Better Band Podcast is produced by Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you would like to support this podcast, you can go to either ko-fi.com slash Brandon P or patreon.com slash Brandon P. You can also just give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, but don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Tanya Kang and as always, this is Brandon saying... Who's Fonzie? Don't they teach you anything in school? He freed the squares!